check, check one, two. Twenty-four. No, yeah, same one as last week. I think it's a little check, 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 check. I forgot my headset. Mic check going on. We good? All right, all right, all right. Oh, it's getting loud there. We got a crackle. Crackle in the mic. How's everybody doing? Oh. Hang on. We're going to work through this. Give it a second. You can all stand to your feet. That's okay. I just won't scream real loud. How's everybody doing? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. We, we got that, Clayton. How are we doing there? Do we know what that crackle is? Seaver's right here. Yeah, come on. So, hey, guys, if you're tuning in online, uh, we love you. We thank you for checking us out this morning. We just love you guys. Uh, share this link. Get it out to everybody. We just want uh, everybody to know what God's doing in the house. So, uh, we love you guys. Everybody here inside, look, we know we're working through technical difficulties, and that's okay because the Holy Spirit's still going to show up. Look, we don't even need these guys up here, but we want these guys up here. Come on. It's going to be a powerful, powerful morning. <laughs> Hey, we're going to have some fun this morning. I can already feel it. Like, it's going to be a good, good day. So, guys, come on. Let's just usher in the Holy Spirit. Let's just lift him up this morning. Come on, Holy. We love you, God. We love you, Lord. You're so, so good, Father. Father, we just love you so much. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come worship you this morning. Father, right now, we ask you to show up in a mighty way. Father, reach the homes online. Reach this place right now, Father God. Reach the hearts and minds of those that are watching and those that are here, God. Change us. Make us more like you today, Father. Come on, Father, we submit it all to you. You have your way in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen and amen. Come on, let's get ready to worship this morning.
dress for battle. You're an army dress for battle. Take the land, take the land.
Jesus. 
talking. I was like, man, I need to go up there and tell Sarah, you know? And then she starts singing it. Uh, and so it's just a confirmation for me. But if there's somebody in this place that needs healing, I want you to come to the front. And then we're going to direct everybody else to worship. And as we worship, we're going to say healings in this place. And we're going to direct the Holy Spirit. Even if it's not for you, if it's someone in your place, I need you to come up here real quick. God wants to give healing today. But it's going to take you to move today. It's going to take somebody to move and come to the front today. And so if you know someone that needs healing and you want to stand in their place, I need you to come up to the front. Or if you need healing, you need to come to the front right now. You know, if the doctor said they can't do nothing else, come to the front right now. Right now. Our God is real. He's about to move. We're going to, as we worship, let me tell you something. As we worship, the Holy Spirit of God is going to come. The Holy Spirit of God is going to come. You're going to start to feel tingling. You're going to start to feel things that you've never felt before. And it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit of God. It's not us singing, it's the Holy Spirit of God right now. Here we go. Listen, everybody else in the room, you're going to sing with us. You're going to worship right now to your God. Come on, declare it right now.
holy. Just come sit right now, God. Thank you, holy. Thank you, holy. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your healing, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. Come on, we thank you for your grace and mercy in our life, God. Come on, holy. Only you, God. Only you, Lord. We don't need anything else. We just need you. Come on. get your healing anywhere else. You're not going to find it in a drug. You're not going to find it in, in anything. And you, you're going to find it in him. So, so don't hold back from this. You need to receive it right now. You need to receive it right now. give it up for him. Come on. No, come on. Come on, let's give him what he really deserves this morning. If he's touched you in any way, come on, let's give it to him this morning. Come on. <laughs> come on, holy. We love you, God. Yes, Lord. Oh, come on. Man, God is good. God is good. Come on, holy. Man, we're going to keep praying. If you want to pray, go give somebody a high five. I don't care. Give them a holy hug, whatever you want to do. You want to pray for them, pray for them. We'll be back in a second.
everybody's on a different path. But, but some people are just a little further along. I get up every morning and I put on the full armor of God. Just like the Apostle Paul tells us to do in Ephesians 6. Of course, it's made a few things more difficult. I've had to reevaluate some things like how I get in my car, how I drink my morning coffee. But, but I've come up with solutions for most of these things. It's not for everybody. My wife's not really into it. Hey, can you hear me? Dad, I need, I need you to talk just a little bit louder. Sometimes I hear people make fun of me behind my back, but I just turn the other cheek, you know? I mean, who's gonna be laughing when the day of evil comes? Not the guy in the suit of armor, you know what I mean? I'm working on my moves. Gotta stay sharp, you know? I've got my breastplate of righteousness. I've got my helmet of salvation. It doesn't get any more secure than when you're wearing the helmet of salvation. Shoot! I've got my feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, the belt of truth. I got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I've got my shield of faith. I don't know why more people haven't done this yet, but they will. They'll learn. Come on, y'all. How y'all doing this morning? I hope y'all had a great weekend because um, I did. I did. We're going to need to turn either the amps down or something because I don't know that's crackling. There we go. How's that, guys? Can you hear me good out there? Good stuff. Good stuff. Man, we had a, lot of, we had a good time. Look, everybody online, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, we love you guys. We thank you. I'm DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. Come on, y'all. Who's fired up about our church? That wasn't good. Who's fired up about our church? Even better, who's fired up about what Jesus is doing in the house? Come on. That's what it's all about. We're all, man, it was a good morning. We're just all messed up this morning. It's good stuff. Just proves you don't have to have everything together to come on in and worship the Lord. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. This is good stuff. So if you're online, do me a favor, share the link, get it out there, let people know that what God's trying to do, reach out to our prayer team. We'll have that information up for you, for all our prayer team, uh, members that are standing by to pray for you. Uh, if you need prayer in here, we just prayed a little bit, but guess what? Don't leave here. If you missed your opportunity, you didn't. So at the end of service, we're going to have it right here uh, up front. So come on up and get, pray, uh, get prayer that before we leave today so don't, you didn't miss your opportunity. Look, if you're new here, first time to our church, uh, do me a favor, fill out a Connect card, raise your hands. Our ushers will get you a Connect card. We want to know you were here. We want to send you something real cool in the mail, let you know that you're loved, let you know that we're, we're happy to see what God's doing in your life. So it's going to be really good. Oh, I got a bunch of announcements here, so uh, just bear with it. I feel like I'm... I've got like a belt of truth on right now. I don't know what to do up here. It's pretty good stuff. So uh, Monday night prayer, 6 p.m. Be here every single Monday night. Uh, we never know how the Holy Spirit's going to move. I'm telling you, it's some days it's, it's just intimate prayer and, and worship. Some days it just breaks out and dance and we're running around this place. So come on out and see what God wants to do in this house every single Monday night, 6 o'clock. Uh, Tuesday at the table with Brother Bo. Uh, he's been coming at you Tuesday at the table, 6, uh, 6 p.m. right here. Look, we have child care for all this, okay? So if you have children, you want to bring them out, uh, we have uh, nursery and all for the little babies. Your, your kids can be in here. We love we love the kids in here for prayer time. But if you have young babies and that's why you don't show up, we have child care available, so don't worry about that. Um, we have uh, Destiny Kids and Student Ministry right here at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Don't miss that. Come on, Kevin. 
Get loud for your team. There it is. You're the only one cheering, man. His wife's in California, right? Is that where she's at? Oh, man, we're sorry. She's why Crystal, we love you. He needs a lot of help right now, Crystal. He's drowning. <laughs> so he's got all the kids and doing his thing, man. That is so good. Small groups started. Get plugged in with our small groups. Uh, you cannot do life alone. It is so important that you find some, some small groups to get plugged into. Go on our app. Go on our website. Make sure you check that out because we have a group for you. Uh, that's so important. Baby dedication on the 27th. You have a new young baby and you want to dedicate them? Come on, we're going to do that right here on the 27th. You need to go by Connection Point and sign up or sign up online. All this stuff is available to you on our website, on our app. It's all good. And then our women's ministry, uh, our recreate, it's going to be a women's fellowship get together on the 25th. So you can sign up online. It's going to be right here. Doors open at 630. Uh, It's going to be phenomenal. So come on out, show up. Come on, women's ministry. Let's go. Where's all the ladies at? Y'all showed up yesterday. Come on. That's good stuff. I'm telling you, I think I lost my voice from yesterday. Um, I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on. It's so good. Uh, but I thank you guys. Even last week, I just want to thank you guys as a church because we were able to, uh, to really support a missionary, Isaac, and his wife, Hannah. What a powerful opportunity. We let them come in and speak to us, which is a powerful word, and then we got to bless them. So thank you for that. I'm sure that uh, that was a blessing. I got to talk to them, and they were just overwhelmed by the love of our church. So we thank you guys. Uh, can't do it without you. It's so good uh, that we listen to what God wants to do. That's so important. So, hey, let's talk about the picnic. Y- y'all missed a good picnic now. It was good. The food was delicious. Uh, we, we got our first uh, bake-off champion. Where's Miss Sharon? Did she show up this morning? Miss Sharon Carden. She is our women's bake-off champion. Look, I think we're taking the women and the men thing out of it because I, I, I could have probably won with my banana pudding. I'm just saying. <laughs> I told somebody this morning, I just wouldn't know how to wear two of these. I, we just would have had one in the back, one on the front. I, I'm trying to be humble, y'all. I'm really working on this. I don't, you know, we did have our, uh, our grill master. Guess who won? <laughs> hey, Billy, who won, Brother Billy? Come on, grill master 2020. Like I said, I'm trying to be humble. I'll take it off now. But if you ever want to check this out, you can see it. It'll be hanging on my wall in the office. Don't worry about that. We'll make sure that's handy. If anybody wants to borrow it, put it on, and try to practice for next year. Sometimes you have to wear the robe. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's wrong, wrong time to do the, the armor of God right now because it's all over. So it's good stuff, guys. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm so thankful for everybody that helped set up and tear down yesterday, the work that went into our picnic and everybody coming out and enjoying it, seeing everybody, uh, some people for the first time in a long time, just people that showed up to celebrate as a family. So I thank you all so much for that. It was so good just to see everybody. So come on, let's give it up for everybody that helped with that. Man, that's so good. Anyway, you know what? I think it's just time to get into word. So let's pray. Let's let God do what he wants to do today. So, Father, we love you, God. Come on, right now, I need you, holy. Come on, touch my lips right now, Father God. Come on, let this message be all you, none of me, Father God. Let it land on the ears of those that need to hear it this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Cass, could you hand me my water right there underneath that seat? Thank you. My daughter Cass is back from college. Hi, baby. Come here. Give me five. So good, so good, man. I'm a little, I'm a little tender today. I don't know if it was from jumping because I won the grill master competition, um, or maybe from throwing the football a little bit. I think I'm getting young. We had a good football contest, but I think we didn't win that one. We let, yeah, they won, they won, but it was good. 
Telling you, you guys missed a good time. You missed a good time. Um, but here's the thing. We're finished with our Beatitude series. Did you guys enjoy that? Come on. Powerful, powerful. We're done with it, but we're not done with it. See, the whole point of the Beatitudes is that you're not done with it. That's the foundation. Okay, that's just the start of everything. Okay, so everything we talked about over the last several months doesn't just go away and we pick it up again in two years or whenever we want to revisit it. Okay, those beatitudes are, are built in us. That's, that's the constitution, right, of the kingdom of God. So you're going to build off those. That's the foundation. That's the foundation. And you've got to have a great foundation if you want to continue building. So everything we do is going to tie into that. You should be able to find that in everything we talk about. You should be able to relate it back to those notes. I hope you took notes because that's powerful. But I think about foundations. I think uh, <laughs> this hit me this morning so good. But I, when it comes to foundations, I thought... It took me back to Karate Kid. Come on, who likes Karate Kid? Man, Karate Kid, they talk about foundations there. I love me some Karate Kid. I love me some, uh, some Mr. Miyagi. Come on. You, you know, yeah, that's right. That's what I'm talking about, right? When, when Danielson wanted to learn how to do karate, Mr. Miyagi said, come to my house. And what did he do? Wax on, wax off, right? Paint the fence. Paint the fence. Sign the floor. Sign the floor, Daniel, son. That's what he said. And I'm like, man, and, and the whole time he's like, why am I doing this? I just want to learn karate. And he's like, I'm trying to show you the foundation. Everything you're going to use is all on the foundation. So he's like, come on, Daniel, son, now sit on the floor. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, sit on the floor. Ah, and he's kicking him, right? And he's like, that's how it is. Paint the fence. Ah, you know, I mean, I used to love that show. That's so good. You know, and then he goes on and wins the championships. I hope I didn't ruin it for you if you didn't watch that. It's a new release. Go out and get it. So good. But it's such a foundation. And the goal is to have a foundation in anything we do. So just like that, you can walk in and you see the Beatitudes, what we were talking about. That's the foundation. So every time we step out from that, everywhere we walk, everything we do in ministry, everything you do in your walk with Christ will build off that. Okay, so Danielson never forgot about paint the fence, I guarantee you. You know, in the last one, you know, like this. I mean, that's what I did when I was a kid. You know, someone will mess with me. I'm like, I know karate. Just back. Don't mess with me. You want that? That thing works on everybody. I mean, I watched that thing a million times. I don't know how that guy didn't see it coming. It must be like smooth. I'm like, he's going to kick you with the foot. I mean, he's showing it right there, man. You know, I can go on and on about that. I love me some Danielson. Hey, that's kind of funny, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> like a dad joke. I didn't even know it. Come on. So here's the thing. Here, here's why it's so important we build on a foundation. Um, because if you didn't know what's going on in this world, we're in a huge spiritual battle. A huge spiritual battle that's going on. You know, and this is a battle that, unfortunately, it's going to separate uh, Christians from non-Christians. It's going to start sifting. It's going to sift these people that used to come to church for fun. They used to come to church to be cool. They used to come to church to say, I did my, my Christian thing this week. It's going to sift those people out. And you're going to start finding people struggling in a spiritual warfare, in a spiritual battle, because they were just playing the part. And that's what you're seeing right now. That's what you're seeing happening in the world right now. You're seeing people that you said, man, we used to go to church with them. Or I've seen them in church, or I've been in church with them my whole life. And they're struggling. Because they're playing the part. They weren't in it all for him. They weren't doing it for him. They weren't seeking him with all their heart. And that's what's going on. Because what you'll see, <sighs> all right, Lord. So we, uh, 
And I'm not saying this to put down any churches or talk about any other church. Here's what I'm saying is that spirit pours out the spirit. Deep cries out to deep. What that means is when you're in church, you want to be in a church that's going to be spirit driven. Okay, that's deep. You don't want to come into a church where we get to clap our hands and walk out and feel good because we showed up at church. Because you're not getting anything out of that. So deep cries out to deep. That means shallow cries out to shallow. So, so what I heard, I heard a pastor say this. He said, guess what? You want to build a big church? Be shallow. Because you're, you're going to cry out to shallow people. And people are going to show up just to show up. Just so they can high five somebody and walk away and say, man, I was there. I was there. I saw you at church. So I'm telling you, man, spirit cries out to spirit. So we're going to start getting a little deeper now. Okay, you need to start understanding what God's trying to do. You need to understand what the enemy's trying to do. It's so important that we start understanding and having a good foundation as we move forward as a church. So important. God's called us to bigger things and better things, but we have to be strong. We have to be disciples. We have to be ready to go. So we can't play church. Okay, it's good. It's fun. I love having fun. Trust me. I love having fun, and we're going to have fun. What I'm saying is that you need to get in the Word. Okay, it's not all up here. You just can't come to church on a Sunday uh, and say, well, the pastor pours into me every, every weekend. That's all I need because that's not going to be good enough because God speaks to me a different way he speaks to you. And he says, you have your own things going on. You have, he can speak to you in ways he can't speak to me. Okay, he's going to use stuff that's happened in your life to, to affect people around you. You can't base it off from what he's done in my life. Okay, so it's going to cause you to, 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 to search deeper and dig deeper to have a relationship with him. Because that's what it's about. That's what Sunday's about. Sunday's about coming together as a family, celebrating, seeing healing, powerful. But come on, we want to spend time with him as a family. We want to seek him with all of our hearts. This is just an opportunity for us to come together. See, we can hone our skills in here, but then we got to get out of here and go out and do what God wants us to do. You know, we're talking about moving and, and, and spirit move and, and all that. Guess what? It means that, that you don't wait in here for things to happen. You're supposed to take it with you and go make things happen. You're supposed to usher in the spirit with every, every bit of your footsteps, everywhere you walk, the presence is with you. That's what's so important. I'm sorry, we got, you guys okay? <laughs> I went from joking to, uh-oh. <laughs> All right, I'll go back. Don't worry, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be good. We'll be good. So we're under a spiritual attack. And the problem is, is that instead of us fighting it the way we're supposed to fight it, we're, spi- we're fighting it with the flesh, see? That's the problem. That's the problem because now you're seeing those, those, those Christians that, that are Sunday, Sunday Christians out there fighting the spirit with the flesh. And that's not how God wants us to handle it. God, God says, look, put on the full armor of God. That's why we're going into this armor of God. I just felt God calling us to go into this next step of, okay, we're walking in it. It's happening in the world. How do you deal with what's going on in the world? Well, he gives us all our answers. So I don't know how long we're going to be in this, uh, but we might be in this one for a little bit, okay? Because I think this is the next step. You've you got to understand the Beatitudes, but then you're going to see how all those Beatitudes play out with the armor of God and what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to walk in. I love the video because you're not supposed to wear that armor. I'm just letting you all know, but it was kind of funny. It would be kind of heavy, <laughs> but it, it was really good. So, man, it's, it's so good. But we're, we're um, man. So I think what we're doing is we're actually living in what we call a soulish uh, time, a soulish time. And it's not selfish, it's soulish. In other words, we're letting our souls dictate every single thing we do 
in our lives. And that's where the challenge comes in. So my, my goal today is to talk about that. I think I can't talk to you about spiritual warfare. I can't talk to you about armor if you don't understand why you need it. Okay, so today we're going to start back there. I'm going to try to explain to you um, why we need an armor of God. Why, why should you be putting on the full armor of God? Um, so, so that's what we're going to jump into today. Um, I'm telling you, everything we should be doing should not be... Um, uh, Sounds like a car. That's the enemy right there. He's breaking into your car while you're at church. <laughs> hmm. So in other words, when I talk about soulish, here's what I want to touch. Here's what I mean. Let me give you an example of soulish. Instead of taking it at the enemy, instead of lifting it up in prayer, instead of standing still, giving it to God and saying, God, I need you to move, we're on social media. We're on, we're on all that stuff. We're, we're on websites. We're doing everything we can to state our point because our point, the way we feel, our emotions, our soul, how, how we want to do it, we want to put that out to everybody else. So instead of bringing unity, what we're doing is we're dividing. And the enemy's sitting back and he's loving it. He's loving every step of the way. Every step of the way. He loves every bit of it. And look, it goes from anywhere. It goes from, from politics. I don't care if you're a Republican, you're a Democrat. I don't care. But here's the problem. The enemy came in and said, look, if I can separate you, that's perfect. So now all of a sudden, they've got that separating churches. They have people in churches that aren't talking because of politics. See, and, and none of that stuff matters. In the big scheme of things, none of that matters. Because the Bible says we're supposed to pray for our leaders. Doesn't matter who that leader is, we're supposed to pray for them. So as a Christian, you're supposed to honor that and pray for them, not complain about them. But we don't do that. Why? Because we're Sunday Christians. We don't understand all that stuff. But that's what's tearing us apart, and that's what the enemy's doing. He's coming in to separate, man. If he can separate us, it's on. It's on. He's having a field day. Come on. So I'm going to ask you today, what is it that's stealing your peace? What's causing the fear and anxiety? How are you giving into your soul? What's feeding into your soul? Because that's where we're at right now in this world. We have a ton of people that have no clue what's feeding into their soul. Are they getting it from, from God? Is it a kingdom-mindedness or is it a worldness? What's feeding into the soul? So that's where we're at this morning. So that's why we're covering this armor of God. That's why we're getting into it. Um, so if you have your Bibles, do me a favor, bring your Bibles. It's a church. <laughs> I promise you, we're going to talk about the Bible every single Sunday. So if you got one, you're not going to come in and say, huh, I didn't use it today. I'm not going to bring it anymore. Um, but here, look, I, I'm a, I, I preach off an iPad. So I believe in electronic devices. But I preach off an iPad because I can't see. So I blow it up to like the size of like 50. <laughs> That's why I scroll all the time. So I can, I'm actually just moving one sentence. <laughs> but, but I can't read my Bible. Like, like bring your, you can't read that. Like, bring your Bible because uh, you can highlight. So you know, it's okay to write in your Bible. Highlight it, write in the sides, man, put sticky notes in there. My wife doesn't know what's going on in my Bible. She goes, everything's highlighted. I'm like, they're all different colors, baby. Even that, that yellow is different than that yellow. And that orange is different than that one. I was like, I got it all in my head. But here's the thing, because when you leave on Sunday, 
If you're not taking notes, if you're not putting it in your Bible, you're supposed to be reading your Bible every day. So therefore, when you flip it open, you're going to see it. There's times when I flip through my Bible and it just takes me right to the spot that's already been highlighted. I've already studied it. And I'm just like, oh, there's the answer. There's the answer. So bring your Bible. Go by. If you need a Bible, we've got to make connection point. Whoever's out there, somebody will be out there. Get one. They're free. <laughs> just take one. And if there's none out there, we'll buy something and put some out there. I think I just said we had a bunch of free Bibles. I don't know. <laughs> if we don't have them this week, we'll have them next week. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Look, it's been a rough weekend. It's been good. So you're getting a raw version this week. Come on. So good. So we're going to jump into, if you have your Bibles, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Um, and this is, this is, this is going to be our go-to verse. Like I said, I always have go-to verses. This is what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to break this down over several weeks and we're just going to hit it and, and, and go at it because I think this is where God wants to speak to us right now. This is where he's pointing us. So, uh, I'm going to read through this. So if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. If not, it'll be on the screen. Cause we do love you people with the, with the, with the phones, Jason, just keep taking on the phone. You, <laughs> you can take notes on that too. It's great. Like I said, you just don't get the full thing. Take it home and translate it. You highlight it. What's that? I know, baby. I love you too. So finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For, for your struggle and our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of the peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Come on, come on, holy. Come on, speak to us about this right now, God. Come on, release yourself right in here right now, God. Come holy. Man. So I'm going to break this down a little bit. I just want to go back to, to verse 10. And, it, and I love this verse because it starts right off with, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Finally, I love that. You know, when I hear that term, finally, you got to understand where that comes from. And I think about it like this with your kids. When you have teenagers and you go on vacation or you go out of town for a couple of days and you leave your teens, you're like, okay, I need you to feed the cat. Uh, I need you to brush your teeth. I need you to uh, take shower, uh, do the dishes, maybe sweep the floor. And finally, don't take the cars anywhere. Notice how the big stuff's at the end. Finally, like no parties. Finally, don't take the car. That's why I think it's so important when you read through Ephesians and you go through this. Um, you see it at the very end and it says, finally. And he's saying, this is so, so important that you understand this. Don't forget this. All the other stuff is good. This is powerful. And he goes, finally, don't forget this. And that's where we're at in this one. So Paul is telling us to be strong. He says, I need you to be strong. And he's not like, he's not saying strong like James. Where are you at, James. Now, he's not saying strong like you or Leroy. I don't know if Leroy's out in the foyer. I'm not talking about working out strong. I mean, y'all look good. 
y'all look good, but man, that's not what that's not what he's talking about. He's saying being strong, okay? Doesn't say uh, you know dig deep, give me five more reps. That's not what he's saying. It's not what he's saying. Even though I love that concept because when I used to coach, that was it. You ever had somebody coach you? James, I know you're coaching people all the time, man. You're just like, just give me one more. Just one more. One more lunge. One more more push-up. One more squat. Look, he's he's smiling back. He's like, I love it. That's not what he's saying, though. He's saying saying we're not going to be not that strong. That's not what he's talking about. Right? We need to spend more time learning about him, learning about God, getting in his word. He said, I need you to be strong in him, strong in his word. You need to spend time with him. You need to have a relationship with him. Hmm. You need to rely on God, rely on God for everything. And that's what he's talking about. He says, finally, I need you to be what? He says, finally, I need you to be strong in the Lord. You can't do it on your own. You can do everything you want to create yourself in any way, shape, or form you want to be, and it's not going to help you spiritually. It's not going to matter. Because this young man over here can be stronger spiritually than anybody over here, anybody in the room. You just got to know the Lord and spend time with him and believe in him and have faith. Got to rely on him for everything. See, here's the thing. God didn't leave us to fend for ourselves. You guys get that, right? Like he just, he says, I left my Holy Spirit. I'm a present, I'm present with you all the time through the Spirit. I didn't leave you alone. So why do we try to do it on our own? Why do we think we got to go through it on our own? When he says, I'm here the whole time, waiting for you. And a lot of times he's waiting on us, just waiting. We're his kids, come on. He, man, he's got his eyes on us all the time. So so Paul's doing this. He's directing us to a power that's far greater than anything the enemy can bring at you. Any issue you're going through, any, any situation you're going through in your life, he says, I'm going to direct you to something better, the Lord. I mean, think about it. If, he was, if this was a physical battle, wouldn't he be telling us to go to the gym and do, you know, 10 reps of 300 on the, on the bench? I mean, I'd give him like two or three. But that's what he'd be saying. He'd be, going, he'd be going, come on, get big, get strong. Because that's what I need you to do. Because it's going to be, you know, that's why I love it when he says the battle and you, and you look at all these people in all the armor. That's not what he was talking about. That's not what he was talking about. But it's easy to see that picture. It's easy to see it in your head. But this is not a physical battle. This isn't hand-to-hand combat. He's not talking about that. This is an airstrike. Go Air Force. Like, this is not ground troops. He says, I'm going to take care of you because it'll be an airstrike. It's pretty powerful. But yes, so we're not supposed to put on a Roman soldier's armor. That's not the armor he's talking about. And we're going to jump into that later on. I'm not going to talk about the armor yet. Because <laughs> here's the thing. When he says he wants you in the Lord, you know, it says it 22 times in Ephesians. It says, in the Lord. He goes, I need you to be in the Lord, in him, 22 times in the book of Ephesians. And that's not, look, if you haven't read the book of Ephesians, it's not that long, go read it. And when you see that it says it 22 times in that book, you're going to realize that, that our power comes from him. That's it. Seek him, that's all you need. You don't have to be worried about anything else. Seek him first in everything we do. Man. 
So how do you do that, obviously? Um, you got to be dependent upon him. So you do it through what? Reading your Bible. So we're talking about that all the time. We say that all the time. I'm trying to ingrain that in your head that it is valuable to pick up and read your Bible every single day, multiple times a day. That's his word. That's where you get your strength. That's where he speaks to you. You can't be in a relationship with somebody if you're not hearing their voice, if you're not talking to them. So you, you be in the word, you be in prayer, spend time with him. But you read the word and then you meditate on it. <laughs> Sometimes that, you don't know what that looks like. It means read it, sit down and be quiet and say, Lord, speak to me. What's that mean? And just let it play over and play over in your head until he starts giving you things and starts releasing things to you. Meditate on it and study it. What's that mean, man? You can, oh, you can dig into the word. I'm telling you, it's powerful. When you dig into all the different translations and you can pull out the Greek in it and, uh, man, Aramaic and all the stuff. Pull it out. Listen to it. Read it. Wherever you can study it from, look, it's good to hear the word of God too. So if you want to listen to somebody, but get in the word all the time because that's where the power comes from. I look at this, 1 Chronicles 16, 11 says what? It says, look to the Lord in his strength, seek his face always. If you tell your kids to do the dishes always, <laughs> it means do the dishes always. Like you don't, get to, you don't get a break, you know, always. He says, seek his face always in everything you do. When you wake up, seek his face. And I've heard all the excuses. Look, I used to have all the excuses. I used to say, well, I don't have time for that. I realize if you wake up early, you have time for stuff. <laughs> you just got to wake up a little bit earlier than you usually do. You know, if you wake up just in time to take a shower, eat your food, jump in your car and go to work, wake up earlier. That also ties in you might have to go to bed earlier. Or just learn to live on three, four hours of sleep. It's not that bad. You can do it. You can do it. That whole eight hours a night, come on, you're just wasting time. <laughs> Living proof. <laughs> telling you, we can be this fired now. A little bit of coffee helps too. But, but it's good. So yeah, we want to seek God's opinion in everything we do, right? We want to seek him first, seek him in everything. Um, it's kind of like we need to be dependent upon God. And, and, and it's the exact opposite of what we really think because ever, you know, we have kids. What do you tell your kids? You want your kids to be independent. You got them as a baby, it's wonderful. Like for the first 10 days, it's phenomenal. After that, you're like, when are you going to start sleeping through the night? Like, is there anything to inject into them, right, to keep them so they don't wake up so they have to be fed or whatever? I used to love my wife because I didn't ever have to get up with the kids. It was so awesome. And I work nights a lot. <laughs> that helps. Dads, there you go. Tips for dad. Get a job that works nights when you have kids. I'm sorry. I want the booze out of the crowd. But if you think about this, so we want our kids to be independent. We want our kids to grow up, you know. So when they're, you know, when they hit that age where, uh, you know, now they're tugging on you because they, they, can, they can tell you they're hungry, but then that's fine and you want them there where they can tell you they're hungry, but then you want them to what? Get their own food. That's the next step. And then when you want them to get their own food, then you're like, well, that's kind of cool, but now I want you to clean up your own mess. Like, if you can get the food, you can get the mess, right? So it's constantly, they get a little bit older, what do you want them to do? Now you're driving them everywhere because you want them to have friends. And then you're like, well, now I'm driving you everywhere. That's a waste of time. 
Like, now I need you to drive, right? So you, you know, get them a car and get them out. You know, you want them independent, like on their own. And then when they're finally gone, then you want them back. It doesn't make any sense. You're like, no, I want you back now. Can we feed you? Can we take care of you? It's completely backwards. Uh, <laughs> but this is, it's, just, it's just unbelievable how God works. It's so good. It's opposite. So what we're doing is we're teaching our kids to be opposite of the kingdom. Because we serve a jealous God and we're his kids. And he wants us to be dependent upon him. He goes, I don't want you to do it alone. I want you to seek me in everything. I'm not too busy. I don't have too many things. You don't have enough brothers and sisters. Like he goes, I'm gonna, I want you to depend on me in everything, everything, everything. I'm telling you, uh, dependent hearts are prayerful hearts. Dependent hearts are prayerful hearts. And when you're dependent upon him, guess what? You're praying to him all the time. You're in just spending time with him because you can't do it on your own. And once you realize that, once you feel that, once you understand that, man, there's a lot of weight that's lifted off from you. When you realize you don't have to control everything, you don't have to do everything on your own, you just have to surrender to him. Man, there's some freedom in that. There's some, there's some good stuff in that. So dependent hearts are perfect hearts. They're also desperate hearts. Desperate. Because I'm telling you, man, when I cry out to him, I just need him. And I just want him. And it doesn't matter how spiritual you think you are. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. You'll find yourself in times when you just cry out to him because you need him. He wants you to be desperate. He wants you to come and seek him. You know, the word says when you've tasted and seen the goodness of God. And when you, when, you, when you taste and see the goodness, you will go back. You will go back to get more. You can't deny it. Because once you taste and, and see the goodness of God in your life, you'll go back for more. I'm telling you. It's kind of like my chicken yesterday. Everybody had some, and they wanted to keep going back for more. But I only made so much. Okay, but one of these days I'll let you all try it. Come to the picnic next year. You might get some. But that's the thing. We can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. We need him. Because here's the thing, what we don't realize, if you don't have him in your life, if you're not battling with him on your side, then you're, you're already losing. It's a losing battle. You can do everything you want to try to do, but if you don't add him to it, it's not going to matter. See, the enemy is trying to separate us. He's trying to get you separated from the herd. That's how, that's how the enemy works. That's why this whole thing with everything, look, I, and I'm not saying this. I'm not saying COVID's not real. I'm not saying sicknesses aren't real. I'm not saying any of that stuff. What I'm saying is the enemy has come in in an oppor- opportune time, and what he's doing is he's separating everybody. He stopped people from coming to church. Now you have people that aren't in the herd. You know, how does the enemy attack? It says he's like a roaring lion, right, sneaking around, devouring his prey. He doesn't jump into the big herd and take somebody. He gets the ones that are on the outside that are slow, that are weak. And that's all he's doing right now. He separated it. And now people aren't coming to church because they're fearful. So those people that are fearful are getting attacked. And they have to depend upon their relationship with him. And that's what I'm saying. When that starts happening in your life, you realize real quick where you are. You realize real quick if you're a, a true Christian, if you're somebody that's seeking God, having a relationship with him all the time, or if you're somebody that just shows up to church once in a while. Because he doesn't care. He's looking for you. He just wants to see you trip. He wants to see you stumble. And he just, he's just going to jump all over you. It's in the Bible, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It says, be alert. Be looking for him. 
You have sober mind, which means you can't allow your feelings and your emotions to mess up your thinking process. You need to be alert and sober. It says resist him. First, resist him. And that's for everybody because he comes at everybody. So resist him and then stand firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. See, the enemy is going to attack everybody. It's, it's who you are in Christ. It's who you rely on during the time. That's going to de- depend on the results of that. Because he's going to come at you. He's going to come at every single one of us. And how we respond to that is going to determine where we sit. How we respond to that is going to determine how you act and how you present yourself. Because nobody's exempt. He's coming. If you're first time in church today welcome like i said we're doing prayer afterwards so come on up gets better than this oh it was this or finances i'm just kidding Mm. so here's the thing the enemy's trying to take control of your soul your mind your will your emotions And that's important to understand because as we go through this, you know, you need to understand that you're made up of three things, your spirit, right? Your soul and your body. That's what you have. You're made up of three things. And this is where you need to understand because we're fighting a spiritual battle, but it's really a battle against your soul. Okay, so I want to break that down a little bit. I want to kind of dig into this because you need to understand where the battleground is. You need to understand where you're fighting the battle. And when you figure this thing out, it's going to kind of come to you and you're going, oh man, that makes a whole lot of sense. A whole lot of sense. So it's important to understand this so you can understand how he's going to attack. So the good part is when you're born again, when you accept Jesus in your heart, your spirit instantly takes on this nature of God. If you understand, you only speak to God through the spirit, like this spirit, spirit. Mentioned that earlier, spirit to spirit, right? Deep cries out to deep, spirit to spirit. So through your spirit, man, God will speak to you. I know God speaks audibly to some people. Okay, I know all that happens too. But I'm telling you, spirit to spirit is the way to go. So you have a spirit, right? You got to understand you have a spirit. It's the only way you're going to connect with God. He's going to use that spirit to, to talk to you, to guide you, to try to lead you. It's your connection, one-way connection with him. I, was, I would use like an old telephone line thing, but nobody understands that anymore. Here's the thing. According to the world, uh, let's go back. According to the word, what happens now when you, 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 you welcome God into your life, there should be an automatic work on your soul. There should be an automatic battle on your soul. You should start feeling convicted of things. Um, things that are normal to you should start feeling not so normal. Okay? They shouldn't feel normal at that time because your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So if your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions, that's what the enemy's trying to get. If the enemy can get your mind, your will, and your emotions, he's winning. Okay? But so we're made up of spirit, soul, and then body, you know, body, this is your earthly suit. It's what we put on. It's who we are. 
And that's important too. Don't, don't discount the body. Because I think the Bible says it only lasts about 120 years. So you got to take care of yourself. Right, James? <laughs> He's a personal trainer. Seek him. <laughs> Seek him, you will find him. <laughs> but here's the thing. You got to take care of your body. And people don't understand that. And that's when I look at Christians, you know, me too, man. We've got to learn to take care of our body because I want to be in this fight. I want to be doing this as long as I can do this. But here's the thing. If you don't take care of your body, you're not going to be around that long. Because you can be strong in the spirit, strong in the soul, and weak in the body. So it all counts. It all counts. You've got to take care of yourself. Right, Kevin? We're going to take care of ourselves, right, brother? <laughs> so the good part is when you start taking on, when you start this relationship with Christ, so the good part is, is that no matter what, you automatically start being transformed. So, so when we say you've got to have a, um, a transformation in your mind, everything starts happening. Everything. So from the time that you walk in, um, you welcome God into your life. You welcome the Holy Spirit in. Guess what? Things start turning, right? Things start burning. You start going, this something's not right. Something's different. I want to do something better. All of a sudden, your mind, your will, and emotions, they fall under authority of your spirit. So to break that down, let me, let me give it to you this way. So you have God. Right below that's your spirit. And then your soul and then your body. So your body's going to do what your soul tells it to do. What's your mind, right? What your mind tells it to do. What your will and your emotions, your body does what that says. It falls directly under, in alignment with your soul. But your soul has to do what your spirit tells it to do. So you see the alignment. Problem is, what we like to do is swap our soul out with our spirit. So we want to do everything we want to do and then try to add God to it. But now your spirit has to submit to what? Your soul. Doesn't work that way, but that's what we walk around with. That's what that's that's what you see in the world today. People go, Well, I love God, but but I'm just gonna put my soul up top. I'm gonna put my 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 mind, my will, my emotions first, and then I'm gonna say, All right, good. Now I'm gonna submit that to God, and then I'm gonna turn around and say, All right, spirit, lead me in my mind, my will, and emotions. Problem with that is the enemy also is trying to steer your soul. He's trying to steal it, he's trying to direct you in it. You guys getting this? You good? All right, because I don't know where I'm at. I'm just talking. <laughs> oh, man. So here's the thing. This, this is why you see people that have been in church for years. And they're still dealing with the same stuff. Because they go, I come to church, but they haven't put their spirit Man, they haven't put their spirit self above their soul. So they're not going anywhere. Like they're not making any, any, any bit of, of positive, you know, movement in their life. So they're sitting in the same spot. We're constantly pouring into them the same way, asking God to move. But they're like, they can't because their soul's in charge, not their spirit. So to fix that, there needs to be a change in your relationship with him. 
And when, you, when that relationship changes, when you start saying, God, I need more of you, I want more of you, you start putting him as a priority in your life and not your soul, not what you want to do, not what feels good. But God, I want you. I'm going to make you a priority. I'm going to seek you with all my heart. Every day I'm going to spend time with you. Things have to change. That's how he works. He goes, it will change. Because he'll start pouring into us and loving on us, and you're going to start tasting that goodness, and all of a sudden things will change. Things will change. And if not, you have to troubleshoot that because there's nothing wrong with your spirit. It's never going to be a spirit issue. Even though we say there's spiritual warfare, it's not going to be a spirit. Your spirit is holy. It's a trouble with your soul. See, the Holy Spirit, Spirit lives inside of you, so there's nothing wrong with that. It's just what, what authority are you putting it under? Under God, or are you going to put it under the authority of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions? Hmm. I got so much stuff. So good. What time is it? Oh, we got like three hours left. <laughs> Once again, if you're new, I'm just kidding. <laughs> People ordering pizza. <laughs> All right, so looking at that, when we start looking at our soul, once again, um, your, your soul, your will, when you start struggling in your spiritual life, uh, you'll start seeing that because your will starts, you know, your, your will and your actions and your emotions start dictating your life. So that's why it's so important that, that you come to church. Look, you don't have to come to church. But if you don't have a great relationship with God, if you're not seeking him with all your heart every day, there are those ones that don't have to come all the time. This is a great fellowship time. This is a good time to come together and learn and grow together. But if you're new, don't miss a day. Don't miss an opportunity. We're open throughout the whole week. I'm sorry, I see some people in here Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But they're growing. They're not giving room to the enemy in any way, shape, or form. They don't want to stumble. They don't want to fall because they know if they fall behind, guess what? Here comes the lion. He's just waiting for it. He's just waiting for it. It's a priority in your life. So the biggest thing is if you line up your, your, your soul, your, your mind, you know, your will and your emotions, if you line that up with the word of God, if you get that in alignment, that's when everything starts to happen. See, now, now you start living out what you're supposed to do. So that's how God starts blessing you in your life and things start easier, right? And this is where we pick up in, um, you know, when we're talking about uh, Ephesians, when you talk about Paul in Ephesians, he's writing this, you know, well, Paul's actually writing this from prison. Okay, so, but he's been to, he actually spent a lot of time, he, he's actually spent a lot of time uh, in, in Ephesus. I think I'm saying that right, Ephesus. Yeah, Whew. he spent a lot of time there. He spent time, he's probably spent close to, they say he spent like three years there, um, just alone. That's one of the biggest churches he spent time in. Okay, so, so when he was there, this wasn't just like a, a pop-up church and he walked away. No, they discipled there. He spent a lot of time there. Okay, this is one of his hubs. This is like a metropolis. This is a lot of things. This is a port city. So this is where um, everything is coming and going. So you can imagine the word of God. If you, get it, if you get it embedded in that culture, it can spread out. It can branch out because you have tons of room to make that happen. All right, but also with that is, is a city full of idols. It's a city full of all other kinds of things going on. 
So it's a battle. It's a constant spiritual battle. So when he couldn't be there, he's writing them. And man, he loves them, but he has to tell them, look. Like, in fact, if you really look into Ephesians, it probably talks more about the character of how we should operate than anything. And he's trying to tell them, look, you're going to be coming under a battle. It's going to be tough, and I need you to stay strong. That's what he's doing. Most other places he would have to go back into and, and send people to take care of it and correct it. He's not teaching them anything he hasn't already taught them. He's encouraging them in his letters because he spent a lot of time there. You can't tell me he spent three years there teaching and didn't talk about this stuff. He's just encouraging them. And that's why I think it's important as a church that we come back and encourage each other. And that's why we come in on Sunday so we can encourage each other and grow because even Paul said it's important to get it out there and encourage people. So we should be encouraging one another. That's why you come to church. Because sometimes you just have to hear something. You know those days you wake up and it's hard to get to church? Get to church. <laughs> There's something for you. <laughs> and they're just, it's just a battle. So you fight through the battle and get to church. Hmm. So even when he goes there, you'll see it because uh, when he first goes there, this is what I love. Um, when he first shows up, it says he finds some disciples there. And these are people that... Um, you know, they haven't been baptized in the, in the Holy Spirit. They've just been baptized. They, were, they had John's baptism, right? Um, so they have John's baptism. And he asks them, he goes, you know, he's like, pretty much, you know, do you know who the Holy Spirit is? They're like, nope. So he's like, well, so he lays hands on them. He lays hands on them. As soon as he lays hands on them, now they start speaking in tongues. They start prophesying. Amazing things start happening in their life. Why? Because now they're in alignment. Now they're filled with the Spirit. Now they can start operating. And they're disciples and they... I mean, that's pretty powerful stuff. So I'm trying to show you that alignment. When you get in alignment with him and submit to him, that's when things start. He's saying that's when all the stuff's going to happen. So in other words, get your will, get your mind, get your emotions in the right spot, in the right spot. So let the spirit come first, then your soul, then your body. You guys good with that? You tracking on all that stuff? All right, there we go. Oh. So here's the thing. So once you're born again, once, you're, once you welcome in your heart, this is what the Bible says. If you go to Ephesians, I've been reading a lot of Ephesians. You're getting a lot of Ephesians today. I've, just, I've been in the book, so it's all over the place. So Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Instructs you to put on a new man when you accept Christ. A new man. It says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. He insists on it. That's pretty powerful. Uh, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking in their minds. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Right? So, mind, will, emotions. This is all talking about soul stuff. This is their problem. Having lost all sensitivity... They have given themselves over to sensuality, which is soul, feelings, soul, right? So as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are, they are full of greed. That, however, is not the, not the way of life you learn. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is Jesus, that is in Jesus, See, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupt by, by its deceitful desires, soul, to be made new in the attitude of minds, the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self 
created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So this is a soul issue. This is all about putting the soul over the spirit. And do you see how that plays into society right now? Everything going on in society right now is based on how we feel. Has nothing to do with what God wants to do. It's all about how we feel about everything. So as Christians, we need to come in and put the spirit first and say, God, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to handle this? And I'm telling you, he doesn't want you to go put on a whole bunch of armor and go out and chop somebody's head off. It's not what he's saying. Not what he's saying. So the Bible says it happens through a changing of your mind, a renewing of your mind. That's what has to happen to put the spirit first. Ah, so here's, here's the thing. Here's what's going on. So, so we're supposed to be living from inside out, not outside in. And unfortunately, we live outside in all the time. That's putting this body and soul and all that other stuff first. We, want, we need to live from the inside out. And when we do that, then, then our souls are being changed. And guess what? Good things are happening. We do good things as people. The Holy Spirit moves through us. So people want to talk to you. <laughs> people want to hang around with you. You know, this is, these are all good things when you put the soul behind the Spirit and, and let the Spirit work first. But here's the thing. The more you, you align with God, the more you spend time with God, here's how it, here's how it transforms your soul. So this is what happens. It's kind of like a, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. The more time, it just happens. Can you believe that? That the more time you spend in his word, the more time you spend in prayer, the more time, you know, I like to say, the more time you spend on your face seeking God, things start happening in you. What is it, like metamorphosis? I think that's what they call it. It just happens. So how do you get it? Spend time with him. It goes right back to the same stuff. And I know I don't have to be a genius to tell you that up here, but we need to keep repeating it because it's the one part that nobody wants to jump a hold and take hold of. It's the one part that, that keeps people bound up in what's going on in their lives is the fact that they're not willing to do it. And you're not going to see it. You're not going to see the good results. You're not going to see and taste the goodness if you don't do it. And I can only speak from living it. I've been there. I know what that's like to go through it without him and then to go through it with him. It's a whole lot better with them. A whole lot better with them. You got to develop a discipline in your life to say, I want him first. And what happens as you seek him first, all of a sudden it's not even a discipline anymore. You seek him because you just want to be in his presence. He ends up on your friends list in your phone. Sometimes you don't even know, you butt dial him. He just starts speaking to you. It's good stuff, man. I just skipped all over the place. This is good. So here's the problem with, with what's going on in the world. The world wants you to think that, that God is a liar. That's what the world wants you to think. God's telling you Satan's a liar. And then our soul is stuck right in the middle. So it's a battle against what? Our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. So if Satan can come in and draw you to his side, bad things happen. If God can draw you to his side, 
good things happen. It's just like the old cartoons, devil and the, and the angel on your shoulder. Okay, they're chasing after your soul. So, so you got what are you going to feed? What are you going to pour into? Um, it says um, our soul needs to be more down. So in other words, um, how can I put that? More down. If you moor your soul or you secure it uh, to eternal things instead of worldly things, it can handle the storm. And we talk about mooring. I used to work on airplanes, so I'll just do it this way. Uh, when a storm comes, a hurricane comes, a typhoon comes, you know, we had big planes. So when I worked on C-17s over in Charleston, they're huge, and people look at them and go, it's a huge plane. What do you have to do with it? Well, it's aerodynamic too. So when wind gets underneath it, it lifts up and it moves. So we've, we've seen big tornadoes come through before we could move them and it flips planes all over the place so you go out and you moor them down you have these big chains and you crank them down and you strap them down to big old concrete pads in the in the ground with big old anchor systems and you moor the plane why do you moor it because when the storms come it stays put so when you moor your soul you moor your body you moor your mind right when you moor that into the spirit into god into who he is when the storm comes guess what you don't budge you can stand firm. You can stand firm and be in his presence and ask him what you want to do. But see, we don't. We moor it to the world. We moor, we moor it to, to everything going on in the world. And guess what? When the storm comes and that thing goes over there, you're going with it. Whichever way the world wants you to go, you just go. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. I love it when I write so much and I have no clue where I want to go next. You guys getting some out of this? We good? All right, we'll keep going. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. See, I got to learn to start giving you guys time to open your Bibles and flip to them. My bad. Go to Hebrews 4.12 in your Bible. Awesome. So for the word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even the dividing soul even to dividing soul and spirit right there you see it it divides your soul and your spirit they're two different things it also says joints and marrow right it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart come on so the word of god is alive so if you want to know whether you're operating out of your soul or out of your spirit, read the Word of God. And when you read it, if you're operating out of the wrong one, oh, he's going to tell you really quick. You know, when someone comes up and preaches something, you're going to start sliding down in your seat and be like, man, DJ was staring at me today. <laughs> I, I will say that I don't stare at anybody. <laughs> so never feel like I'm staring at you, Isaiah. <laughs> But that's the thing. Like, if you want to know where you're operating out, read the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. And if you start going, man, that's not me, or man, I don't understand that, or guess what? Oof. It starts convicting in your heart that you need to change. You're operating out of the wrong one. All right? So you need to put God first. Get in His Word. Study His Word. Hmm. And then it judges your thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Tell you what, when I get judged, I don't want there to be a problem with my heart. It's not the place I want to be. Hmm. 
So to help you out a little bit, this, this is a process, though. So don't think that this happens overnight. This is, like I said, a discipline. Um, this is not a microwave concept. Okay, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes you actually saying, I'm going to spend time with him. I'm actually going to read the word. I'm just telling you that I've lived this out. And when you put him first and you start doing things like that, it becomes this, this mentality, this urge inside of you. When you wake up in the morning, you just want him. And you can't stop. So that guess what? Waking up early isn't a problem anymore. It's just not a problem. You just do it. Then you want to get up earlier and earlier. It's just how it works. And I can only tell you from experience. Because I didn't always do that. Man, I used to struggle a lot in areas. And I found that I need to make time. I need to get in his word. I need to understand it even more. So here's the thing. So when you renew your mind, even though your spirit's renewed, your soul still must be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the enemy. Saved from the world. Saved, saved from that kind of thinking in your life. That's where your soul needs to be saved. Hmm. Hmm. So this is where the, the word, when the word of God is in you, right, it starts controlling all that of your soul. So it's really good. So James one twenty one, James one twenty one. I don't know what I was thinking when I put all these down because, man, we're just going right at it today. Uh, this is good. Um, James one twenty one. it says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. How's the word going to get in you if you don't read it? It's saying that's the answer. The word is the savior. The word is the answer. That's what's going to save you, but it comes from within you. So you need to put it in you, right? Read it, listen to it, find a way to get it inside of you so that anytime you run into something, anytime you struggle with something, anytime the enemy's coming at you, you don't even have to think about it. The word just comes out. You know what to say. You know how to react to it. You can stand firm, not waver, be moored to, 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 to the spirit and say, I'm good, God, we got this. So you can't just read it. you got to implant it into your soul. This is where meekness comes in. I love this because we were just talking about meekness. Beatitude, I told you it was coming up. Everybody remember that? <laughs> Go watch that sermon again. There, there was meekness, right? The meek will what? Inherit the earth. So the meek's going to inherit the earth. But when we talk about meekness, remember this is not weakness. We weren't talking about a weakness. We were talking about meekness, right? So, so, so this, is, this is where your meekness uh, you have to have this meekness with God. Guess what? Because God's going to correct you. You know, meekness, I think when I, when I talked about it in Beatitudes, I think I mentioned it was like having a wild stallion. And when you bridle it, it's still a wild stallion. It still has all the power and everything it needs. It's just under control. And what God's saying is that, look, I don't need you to be weak. I want you to be strong. But I want you to be under my control. I want you to do what I tell you to do. So you got to be meek enough to do that. you got to be meek enough to receive from him the correction he wants to give you because he wants to correct you. He wants to push you in the right direction, just like a parent. You don't correct your kids because you hate them. You correct them because you love them, right? You correct them because you want them to do good and you're thinking about them, right? Well, that's what God is. God, you're his children. And he says, I'm going to correct you out of love. That's what it is. He's I'm going to correct you because I love you and I want to see you. So you got to be, be meek enough to receive that and not fight that. 
See, a lot of people will come into church, get convicted, not condemned. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about convicted when the Holy Spirit pokes you, right? And you go, ooh, I need to be better at that. But there's a lot of people that'll take that and leave. And they'll go, I'm not going in there again. Man, God was yelling at me. That didn't feel good. You got to be meek enough to say, come on, Lord. Yep. Come on, Lord. Change me. I want to be a changed person. I want to be more like you. That's it. You got to be willing to accept that. And you just don't get that. It's kind of like, James, I'm telling you, if you go work out with James, James is going to put you through something. And you're not going to like him anymore. He's a nice guy. But if he's yelling at you to do another push-up, you are not liking him. And you'll have a choice. You can come back and get more because you know it's making you better. Or you can walk away. And this is the difference. People, there are people that claim to be Christians that don't like that part and they walk away because they don't want to change. They don't want to put the spirit over the soul. They go, I like, I like doing everything I like to do. I like me being first. So therefore, I don't want to change anything in my life. I just want God to come in and be part of it. He doesn't want that. He wants all of you. Mm. All right. Let me jump down. I want to finish up here. Um, So we're in a constant spiritual battle with the enemy. And that battle's trying to win your soul. We all have that now. It's your soul. He's after your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And this is the this is this is the good part. Well, it's it's this is a good part to know, I guess, is that when the enemy comes at you, he wants to make it look physical. <laughs> he wants he wants to make it look like you're supposed to do something about it physically when it's all spiritual. He wants you to react in a physical manner to a spiritual attack. Okay, so have your Bibles go to uh Second Kings. 6, 15 to 20, Old Testament, flip it all back there. We're going to learn this again. This is going to be good. You guys be using all those tabs and stuff. You want to see a good Bible? Look at Tommy Jack's Bible. Man, Tommy Jack's Bible is phenomenal. He's got tabs everywhere. He's got pamphlets in there, notes everywhere. It's good stuff. So go back in 2 Kings. So how you respond to the attacks determines your outcome. See, when an attack comes, if you respond to it the right way, if it's a spiritual attack and you respond spiritually, you're going to win. But if you respond physically, you're going to lose. And we're going to pick this up. We're looking at Elisha uh, when the king of uh, Aram, he is chasing him. Why? Because Elisha's a prophet. He's a man of God. Um, and he's dealing with the, the king of the Israelites and he's telling them everything this guy's doing. He's like, he's going to come at you now, 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 because he's a prophet. He, God's telling him to protect them. So, so this king gets mad, and he's like, you know what? Uh, go find that guy. I want that guy. We're, he pretty much wants to kill this guy. Right? This is how it is. So he's coming at you. So we're going to pick it up in 2 Kings in verse 15. And it says, when the servant of the man of God, that's Elisha. Elisha is the man of God. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. He says, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. So this servant wakes up, he goes outside and their city is surrounded. 
horses and chariots. It looks physical, right? So the enemy wants you to respond how? Physical. He wants you to attack. He wants you to get all the weapons you can get. He wants you to take them on. Excuse me, that's what the enemy wants. But look how Elisha responds. He says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now I can see the servant looking around going, what are you talking about? There's not a bunch of us, but there's a bunch of them. Because he's operating out of the spirit. See, you got to start remembering that, that, that there are legions of angels. <laughs> that there are legions of angels that are standing beside you when you call upon God. And they're not these little like cherub things with little wings and little circles. They're ready to go to battle. Okay? We're talking about real angels. All right, so let's see what he says. So, so instead of fighting them, this is what Elisha says. He says, and Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Open his eyes. He's telling God, open my servant's eyes. I want to see him, let him see the spiritual realm. He needs to see what I know. Because Elisha's standing firm. He's like, what are you talking about, man? I don't care about that stuff. That don't mean nothing. I know who my God is. So this is what he tells him, open his eyes. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Come on. Elisha sees it the whole time. He's not even, he's not worried. He's like, I know what I have. I know who's on my side. But anybody else, if look, if you weren't walking in the spirit, if you weren't in relationship with God at that time, guess what? What are you doing? Grab the arrows. Let's go get our horses. Let's go to war. So as the enemy came down towards them, toward them, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Well, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Instead of taking up arms, ah, make them blind, Lord. <laughs> All right, they're blind, guys. Hold up. And then he walks out to him, right? He walks out to him and Elisha told him, he goes, this is not the road. This is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. Which, guess what? In Samaria, there's an entire army waiting on them, right? So then after they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. That's the second time he's told them to open their eyes. It's almost like this prophetic thing of God. We're going to open their eyes to who you are. He wants them to open their eyes so they can see where they're at. But he's also telling them, open your eyes and understand who I serve. That's what he's telling them. Because when they open their eyes, they see that there's an army around them. And, and, and the king's actually like, hey, do you want me to kill them? And Elisha says, no, we're going to feed them. We're going to feed them. We're going to spare them. We're going to love on them. We're going to send them back. Because the spirit realm is not like the physical realm. And he says, we're going to win these guys' hearts and minds. We're going to show them who our God is. God, open their eyes. Man, what a prayer. I pray all the time God opens our eyes to who he is. Just open our eyes, Lord. Let us see. Let us see what you see. Hmm. 
So he says, after they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open their eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria. Hmm. So the raids stop after that. That's what the Bible says. So it shows you it works. But I think it was more than that. I think you, you just saw a complete shift of a generation. Because he said, show them. Open their eyes, Lord. Show them who I am. So in the spiritual warfare, see, Satan comes at us in all different ways. And it's not just one way, it's multiple. If you read it, you know, Paul writes about it. Uh, and you even see it where Jesus goes in the wilderness. And if you don't recall that, Jesus goes to the wilderness. And when Jesus is in the wilderness, right, he gets tempted by who? Satan. And he comes at him in multiple different ways. All right. So, so what's going on is the enemy is trying to tell you, look, there's going to be a spiritual warfare, and I'm going to come at you in multiple different ways. And it didn't stop there. In Luke 4, 13, it says, And when the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. See, that's the thing. You've got to remember, he's just waiting. The enemy is waiting. Satan, Satan is waiting for you to guess what? Nah, it's tough. I ain't going to church this morning. I don't think I have time to read my Bible today opportune time the time when you're not embedded in the word the time when you say you know i can take a week off i can take two weeks off the enemy comes in strong and he says this is my opportune time and he's just trying to shift what your soul this is why i can't read facebook right now it's aggravating i gotta put it down quick because the enemy is operating through it he says if i can just get your mind for a second just let me just give it to me for a second so i can shift what you're thinking So he's an opportunist. He's going to come at you with multiple schemes. When finances hit you, instead of praising God, the enemy's going to come in and try to steal you. He's going to say, don't have faith anymore. You need to go do something else. He's going to hit your financial response, uh, relationships. Right? You're in a relationship with somebody. Start struggling. Guess what? Enemy comes in and says, it's done. Leave marriage. Same thing. We do a lot of marriage counseling, and most of it is because something bad happens and the enemy comes in, tells somebody they're not worthy anymore, they should be leaving that marriage, and that's not what God said. He said, for better, for worse. He didn't say you're going to have a whole lot better than worse. He just said one for all of it, right? Sickness, when you get sick, guess what? The enemy comes in. When you're alone, enemy comes in in the form of depression, loneliness telling you these are opportune times that's why don't go be alone you can't do life alone we tell you that all the time if you have spare time be around somebody because when you're alone if you're not in the word the enemy's coming at you when you stop reading the word just take a break from the word and see what happens telling you there's so much power in the word when you stop reading it, he's right there. Hmm. I'm telling you, when you do these things, when you don't come to church, these little things, these are little things in your mind, right? Because our, we let our soul take control of everything, but they're a foothold to the enemy. He grabs a hold of them and he says, you let me in. That's all I need. He goes, give me an opportunity and let me start twisting something. He's just not going to give up. 
So how did Jesus defend against all the temptations? The word of God. Isn't that funny that he already gave us the word? That's the Bible. So, so he defended all that. The spiritual warfare, look, and it was Jesus, y'all. Like Jesus is not a wimp. <laughs> he, could, he could have done whatever he wanted. He's like, I'm going to show you, man. All I need is the word. The word, that's it. That's how he responded. So we have what we need for the spiritual warfare. You can't fight it in a physical realm. It's all spiritual, and we'll get into that. Ephesians 6, 11 through 12. This is my setup for next week, so hang in there. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Right there, schemes, plural. He's not going to come at you the same way every time. For your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And he says, put on the full armor of God. You can't leave one out. He says, put it all on. <laughs> and he gives it all to you. He's not going to tell you to put on the full armor of God, then not give it to you. So he tells you this is exactly what it is. It's the final thing. Finally, he says, I need you to put this stuff on. Why? So you can take a stand. So that you'd be willing to take a stand. Because <laughs> you can't fight a spiritual battle with physical armor. It just doesn't work. I'll share the story of David and Goliath because I love the story. I just do. You like that one, Isaiah? You can probably come up and share it for me if you wanted to. <laughs> I'm telling you. I love this story because you see this young man, David, and he shows up, right? And he says he's going to take on Goliath, this, you know, giant. And what's the first thing they want to do to him? They want to put Saul's armor on him. Armor that doesn't even fit him. It doesn't even fit him. You know, what's funny about the story is if, if he actually puts that armor on and goes to battle, he's going to lose. Even if he wins... Guess what they're going to say he won? Why, why did he win? Saul's armor. It was Saul. It was the power of Saul through Saul's armor that allowed him to win. The cool part is, is that was a spiritual battle. <laughs> David was just allowed to be there. David was just allowed to be there. So I'm going to read through this real quick. I'll explain that. But I just like reading this story, so... It says, then Saul, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 38 through 50. Highlight that one in your Bible, great story. 1 Samuel 38 through 50. It says, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on the sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them all. He said, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in a pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, 
kept coming closer to David. He took David over and saw, he looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with these sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. So David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a real God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Come on. So then as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him, reached into his bag, taking out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. And I think that as I read through that, it says he slung it and it struck the Philistine in the forehead. You ever seen a movie where someone gets shot in the head? Which way do they fall? Backwards. So if he hit him hard enough with a rock to go in through his thick skull, he would have probably went backwards, which means the hand of God had already pushed him down. And David just had the opportunity to be there. See, God already won the battle. David was just part of it. David was just part of the battle. He said, I need you to be there because of your faith, because of what you're going to speak over the situation. It wasn't a stone. It wasn't a physical battle. It was completely spiritual. That's what I love about that story. And that giant could be anything in your life, anything tearing you up, anything messing with your mind. That's the enemy coming in to destroy you. And you don't have to fight him with with a sword. You don't have to fight him with any of that stuff. You turn it over to God. You let God fight your battle. Stand firm. So I don't want you to, as we go through this armor of God series, I don't want you thinking about armor of God like a Roman soldier's armor. That's not what it is. I know they portray it's an analogy. They want you to see it because that's what people understood back then. They saw the protection of armor. So when Paul's writing that, he wants you to understand it and just visualize what armor looks like. But he's saying that's not it. It's the armor of God. Not the armor of a Roman soldier. Okay? So, so that's where we're going to kind of jump forward with it. So we need his armor. And we'll, we'll discuss that in the following weeks. You guys good with that? <laughs> All right, good. So some takeaways. Here's what I want you to think about. Some takeaways today. You can play now. I never told you when to come up. I didn't know when you were coming up anyway. Awesome. <laughs> so some big takeaways. You need to remember this. We're in a spiritual battle every single day. You can't take a day off because the enemy comes in fast. 
And if you feel like you're supposed to take a break from church and be away from that, remember who the lion attacks. The ones that are behind. The ones that are alone. That's who he's coming after. You need to put on God's armor every day. And we're going to cover what that is. We got to start looking with the spiritual eyes like Elisha. God, open our eyes. Remember who you have fighting for you. Remember that it's not going to take a big, you know, physical battle here. You surrender to God and let God do what only God can do. <laughs> Remember this, Satan's real. And he wants your life, period. So don't give him an opportunity to grab a hold. You can only be as strong as your faith. You got to believe. Starts there. You have to believe. And here's the thing. The more you know the Bible, the more you know the word, the more you get into it, the more you can, you can start utilizing that. Because remember what Jesus used to fight off the temptation was the word of God. So there's so much power in this. We're not just telling you to read the Bible because it sounds good. There's power in his word. And when you study it enough, it's on the tip of your tongue. And you can start applying it to every situation in your life. That's the point of understanding the Bible. That's the point of knowing where to go. Amen. You guys good? All right. All right. So I'm going to pray with everybody. Because I know there's probably people in here struggling with stuff. I love that God showed up so powerful this morning. I just love it. I love the fact we got to lay hands on people and pray for people. And I believe, you got to believe that, that God's going to work miracles in your lives. Because that's what he does. That's what he does. You got to have the faith to understand that, man, everything that's happening in your body, even though it looks physical, that's how the enemy wants you to respond. You respond on the spiritual side of everything. Surrender it to him. Can we all just stand? Let's just stand up. So if that's you, I know I don't really care about people around you. That doesn't bother me. To me, when you're desperate enough to seek God, remember, oh, that calls out desperate prayers, right? So when you're desperate, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say that you need prayer. It's okay to cry out to God. So if that's you, if you're struggling with anything, if there's anything going on in your body, if there's anything going on in your, 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 your will, your mind, your emotions, anything going on in your finances, in your, your health, in your relationships, come on, just lift your hands up. I want to see it. I want to see who, who wants to be real this morning and understand that you need God to show up in a mighty, mighty way. Come on. You see the hearts, Father. You see the minds right now. You see what they're going through. You know what they're going through. Come on, Holy. Show up in a mighty way right now. Father, open their eyes, Father God, to the power that they have at their, their lips, Father God. Open up their hearts to you, Lord. Father, we, we speak a, a blessing over them financially in their relationships, in their body. We declare healing over them, Father God, in your name. 
you show up in a mighty way, Lord. Father, I pray right now that that the people in here, the people watching online, Lord, that they will put their soul in its rightful place. Lord, that they'll put their spirit ahead of everything, God, and seek you with all of their heart. Father, we just need you. And we surrender to you. You have your way in the hearts and minds in this place right now, God. Father, I ask you, you you stir up an emotion, a thought uh, for them to seek you with everything they have, God. Father, have them to to develop a discipline to seek out you every single day, to get in your word every single day, Lord. Oh, come on, Holy. Just just start moving in their life in such a powerful way they can't resist it's you. So come on, Father, we surrender it all to you. We lift them up to you, God. Do only what you can do. Show up in a powerful, powerful way. Come on, holy. Come on, holy. We just love you, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on. Let's give it up for God this morning. I thank you guys. Kevin's going to take over now. I'll turn it over to him. You got your mic? for us. We get to give. And really quickly, I just want to share something really quick with you guys that I saw in uh, Exodus chapter 25. But God told Moses, and he says, hey, tell the people, tell the Israelites to prepare an offering for me. And something that really stuck out, and I just want to really quickly show you guys uh, in verse 3, or I'm sorry, verse 2, it says, from everyone whose heart prompts them to give love that. See, God wasn't, God could have easily said, tell every single Israelite to, right now to bring me an offering. But he didn't. He said, from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. So today if you're new, you know, th- this isn't for you. Don't feel forced like you have to give something today. Like you just have to give, you know, to the offering plate. This is for everyone who calls destiny their home. This is for every single person who the Lord prompts to give. And to worship with us tonight or today, okay? So there's going to be people at the doors, uh, ushers, that you will be able to uh, give. But we're going to pray for this offering. And we're going to ask God to bless it. See, at the end of the day, this isn't you giving to a person or organization or a church. This is you giving to God. And we're allowing God to use us to bless his people, okay? And so I believe with all of my heart that God wants to bless you. And I believe with all of my heart 
that he wants to use our finances to expand the kingdom of God. And I believe with all my heart that this isn't for Pastor DJ or for Destiny Church, but this is to the King of Kings, to the Most High God. That's who we're giving to today, okay? So we're going to pray, and I want you to give with joy. And if your heart prompts you to give, then give. And if it doesn't, don't give. Please don't give because God wants cheerful givers today, okay? So let's pray. If you guys would join me really quick. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy, God. I cannot help but not to give when I think about your awesomeness, God. And when I think of what you've done in my life, God, And when I think of how you've saved me over and over again, God. And when I was in need, you gave to me, God. And when I was in need, you saved me with your mighty hand, God. Father, when I was in the backyard crying, God, because I couldn't pay bills, you saved me, God. And I love you for that, Father. I can never give you enough, Father. And so I thank you, God, and I bless all of these people today, Father. I ask that you would bless them, prompt their hearts to give, Father God. Not because we need it, because you're worth it, Father. We love you, God, with all of our hearts. I ask that you would bless them, that you would protect them, God, as they go home safely. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Come on, if you have a prayer partner, if you need prayer, come on, let the prayer partners come forward. Anybody needs prayer, come on up. Prayer partners.